what's the difference between a storm and a test? What's the difference between a storm and a test? And I think this is important to address because it really is the difference between, you know, how you're viewing God. Because, you know, uh, um, we're going through the book of James on Sunday mornings, which I'm really happy about. I love the book of James. But the book of James needs to be explained because a lot of times Christians use the book of James as well. You know, these people are, you know, they're suffering and, and we have to be like have joy in suffering. And they, they just kind of think that, that that life is just one big suffering. Um, you know, the book of James is one of three books that is specifically written to persecuted believers. And so once we understand the audience, that's okay, Doris, I'm glad you're here. Once we understand the audience of the book, you're going to have a better perspective of what the author was trying to get across. That, that the people, you know, the other two books, by the way, in case you're curious, uh, the book of Hebrews and the book of 1 Peter. They're called the, the epistles to the, to the persecuted believers because those people were suffering because of their faith. So what's the difference between a storm and a test? Well, first things first, God does not test you with something that's already been covered in the atonement. I'm going to say that again. God doesn't test you with something that's already been covered in the atonement. In other words, if Christ died for it, you don't have to live with it. I'm going to say that one again. If Christ died for it, you don't have to live with it. And that's something, that's an important uh, um, um, distinction that we make. Because, you know, a lot of people could think, hey, Steph, glad you're here. Um, that's right, Sheba, a storm is something you speak to. And I'm going to address that in, in the first story that I'm reading from the Word. Because I think people don't realize that. They just think, well, you know, this storm, it's tough. I just got to, you know, put the anchor down. You know, Jesus is my anchor in the storm. You know, the, you know what the Bible says about Jesus being our anchor? He's an anchor for our soul. So our souls are anchored and secure in Christ. There's nothing about anchor in the storm. I don't know where that comes from. I'm going to tell you where it comes from. It comes from Christians who, who have made uh, arrangements for, the, for, for suffering in their life. And they have made, uh, uh, you know, because they, they do not know how to overcome by the word of God, that they just make allowance for all of these things that they're not supposed to be carrying. So let me start with our first story because Jesus was... We see Jesus twice in a storm. So let me read the first one. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. It's probably a, a Pentecostal power nap, as they say, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, the disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. You know, sometimes people tell this story and, and, and they say, Well, you know, Jesus said, You know, peace, be still. 
Jesus rebuked the wind. Do you, you, you know that, that, that the first thing off the bat is we have to understand who caused this storm. Who caused this storm? This was, this was an attempt of the devil to kill Jesus. Because one thing you have to understand about the devil, he doesn't know what's going to happen in the future. He's, he's not a, a, an all-knowing being. And so all he knows is he's got to take care of Jesus. He tried to, th- th- this wasn't the first time he tried to kill him. If you recall, what happened when, around the time that Jesus was born? Well, there was a decree put out to kill all the newborn baby boys. So he started right from the, the moment one to attempt to kill Jesus, but it wasn't the time. And here we are again. This storm comes as an attempt to try and kill Jesus because Satan doesn't doesn't know the plan. He's not, he, and and you know, one thing you have to understand, God doesn't work on Satan's clock. Satan works on God's clock. And so, and and I think you could, you could uh, realize that we're seeing this a lot lately where the devil is overstepping, where he's doing things before the allotted time in trying to maybe maybe speed up uh, 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 the bringing of the Antichrist, but he's not allowed to do that uh, until the appointed time. So, so this storm, Satan, one thing you have to understand about Satan, he's the prince of the power of the air and he can cause storms. Think about what happened in the book of Job, because we always go to Job. Well, you know, what about Job? What about Job? Job chapter 1, verse 12. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, everything he has is in your power. So God said, because remember, in the case of Job, Job was not justified by faith. He had to to prove his justification because Christ had not died yet. He had to prove his justification on his own good works. And so Satan, he he basically was, uh, um, God basically allowed Satan to come in and, 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 and do all these things to Job. Anything that is an attempt, listen, anything that is an attempt to bring about your destruction is not from God. Don't confuse a test of your faith with an attack of the enemy. Don't confuse, I'm going to repeat things a lot today. Don't confuse a test of your faith with an attack from the enemy. What's a test of your faith? Well, you know, it's it's funny that when you go through things and you realize that now those things uh, um, are part of how you teach and preach because you've lived through something that brings things into a greater understanding. And, and, you know, over the past couple of years, our faith has been put to the test because we've been faced with a choice. Are you going to stand up for God? Are you going to, to actually live out everything that you profess, everything that we've professed our whole lives? Because let's face it here in this country, we don't really face any persecution and still it's still not even close to the level that Christians face in, in other countries. So it's easy to talk. Oh yeah, you know, I'll stand up for God. If someone puts a gun to my head and says, you know, uh, um, um, renounce Christ or die, I definitely, I, I would never renounce Christ. You know, it's easy to say that stuff. But then when your faith is put to the test, when you actually have to choose, am I going to stand up for what I know is true in the word? Or am I going to make excuses and build a whole new doctrine because I'm afraid? Because I can't stand the heat. And you know, when we talk about being refined as pure gold, 
God is refining us in the fire. And over the past couple of years, there were people who couldn't stand the heat. And then there were people who came out as pure gold because they stood up to the test and they said, you know what? They could do whatever they want. They can do uh, um, whatever they feel like, but I am, I will not back down. I will not bow to Baal and I will not kiss his feet. Yeah, John, obviously this was, this was, I, I would say this was a big test. And the crazy thing is not everybody even saw it as a test. Well, you know, um, you know, the government's just asking us, you know, to, to, you know, they're not asking us to stop preaching, you know, uh, they're just trying to asking us to close the church, you know, to be safe. It's the third autumn. Do you understand this? The third autumn. We're still in this. You, if you ever wondered or thought to yourself, did we make the right decision? Just open your eyes and look at everything that's going on. They're not stopping. It wasn't a two week thing. It was never going to be a two week thing. And, and listen, I know there are some people, um, that first thought, you know, let's just, just for now, just for a little bit, that's okay. Cause as long as you, you saw the light. Okay. As long as you, maybe after a couple months, you're like, you know what? I don't know about this. Well, Sheba, there are still people that do that uh, because they're so afraid and they really do think that it's, it's the government's job to protect them. So they'll just do whatever they say. And, and again, three, three, hey, Mary Ellen, good to see you. Um, three autumns into this, guys. So if you ever ask yourself the question, you know, maybe, maybe we should just do what the government says. Really, they're, they're not stopping. And everything they do is designed to destroy your life, just like the devil does. They, they, they tell you to eat all the stuff that's bad for you and not eat the stuff that's good for you. Here's a tip. Eat a lot of eggs, eat a lot of meat, eat a lot of butter. Do all those things and you will be healthy. And all of the stuff that they told you, you know, and by the way, most of the stuff that you could buy isn't even really food. I don't know what it is, but it's not really food. And so everything, you know, everything you have to, you, you, you have to realize the, the direction that the world is going and you have to get on board with God and go with him. So what did Jesus do? Um, yeah, I agree, Mary Ellen. And so, some of them don't even know. Um, I'm doing the same thing, Loretta. <laughs> <laughs> I get, you know, <laughs> oh boy. Anyways, I don't want to get into that. Let, let's get back. Um, <laughs> let's get back here. So unfortunately, um, you know, Christians end up lumping everything together and they're like, well, the storms of life, you have to understand the things that are, you're being, you know, you, 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 God wants to see, are you going to stand for your faith or are you going to hide? Are you going to run and hide or are you going to stand up and be like, look, if, if, if I get a ticket, then I get a ticket. Then it's well worth it because I know that I'm doing the right thing. If I refuse to do something that they're forcing on me and I feel the pressure, it's like, no, I'm not going to give in. And if you're people that didn't give in, be encouraged. You made the right decision because God doesn't force things on people. It doesn't come with, with, with an attachment that says, well, uh, um, you know, what is our... Our, our prime minister say, you know, 90% of people, you know, if you do this, then, you know, winter's going to be better. It, listen, 
Everything is designed to scare you. It's designed to control you. It's designed to, to, to basically, hi, Franca. Um, I am good. I hope you're good too. Um, you know, it's designed to bring you down, to steal your joy. So, so be encouraged that if you made a decision to take a stand, if you made a decision to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't feel right in my spirit to do that. Don't <laughs> listen. You made the right decision. Okay. Let me read another uh, scripture. This is from Matthew chapter 14. This is the next time that we see Jesus and a storm in the same situation. Matthew 14, 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they cried. They cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. You know, uh, um, again, Jesus... It's almost like storms to him were like child's play. It's like, oh, another storm? No worries. I'm just going to walk on the water. <laughs> you know, he, he, he never, do, you don't ever recall Jesus saying, oh boy, this is a tough one, isn't it, guys? You know, um, the story of when Jesus feeds the 5,000, which is the only one, the only miracle found in all four gospels, if I, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, so it's obviously a great one. He never said, you know what? You're right, guys. This is tough. There's a lot of people here. I'm not sure what we're going to do. Jesus didn't. If you, We have to model ourselves after how Jesus lived. He wasn't afraid of things. Um, he, didn't, he didn't look at the, the, the difficulty and say, hmm, this is tough. Let's brainstorm and figure out what we're going to do. No, he understood, first of all, who he was, and he understood, okay, I know what to do in the face of these situations. So, so there's this storm going on. Jesus walks out on the water, and then there's Peter. And Peter, who, you know, before he was filled with the Spirit, he had a bit of an up and down situation. And he, I know he tried, he did his best, but, but he, he, he had some, he faltered now, now and then. But in this situation, he saw Jesus and he said, hey, that's Jesus. I'm going to go out on the water. I'm not afraid. So um, verse 28, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. So, so, so Peter, you know, at that moment when he's like, that's Jesus, I'm going to go out to him and I'm going to be okay. But what did, what did Peter do? He started to look and he started to say, verse 30, when he saw the wind, he was afraid and be beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, why did you doubt? So the, the, the two times that Jesus is, encounters a storm, both times the disciples have no idea what's going on. And both times Jesus says, hey, why are you afraid? Why are you doubting? So there needs to be an understanding here. You know, Jesus, uh, sorry, Peter, he was out on the water, 
but looking at the circumstances was the cause of failure. Very good point, Maria. You're all in with God or you're not. And that's what I was talking about in the test of your faith. You know, where you realize, do I actually believe this or do I not believe it? Do I really trust God that he's going to deliver me or do I not? And that's what ends up happening when you're faced with some kind of situation. You know, in verse 31, um, when Jesus asks, you know, why did you doubt? That word doubt, it means to waver mentally. So if someone wants, listen to this, if you want your prayer answered, you can't waver, number one, that you're allowed to make the request. So what that means is you have to be, be sure, okay, you know what? I know God wants to deliver me from this. So I will pray in that way. So you can't waver mentally and say, oh, you know, um, I can't pray for this or, you know, um, you know, this is just part of God's plan. No, you have, you have to know God's will and you have to know what you have, you, what you should pray for and what you should pray against. So you must be sure of the greatness of God's promises and you cannot ever waver in your mind at the determination of the outcome. So you can't ever waver in thinking, is God going to do this for me? Is God going to deliver me from this? So you have to be sure, number one, that you, you, you confident that you can make that request. And number two, confident in the outcome, being sure of God's promises. I know what God said in his word, and I know it will come to pass. Psalm 34 verse 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. That is a confident statement that when I seek the Lord, he answers me. He delivers me and I'll never be put to shame. It's a confidence that you have never mentally uh, wavering that God will do what he said he will do. Deuteronomy verse, uh, sorry, Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse nine. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. If you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God, verse 12, will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to his ancestors. What, what a powerful scripture. Therefore, know that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God. You have to know and you never waver in your head and you never wonder in your mind, mm, is God going to do this for me? That's why you have to know. What, what did I say before? No, God does not use anything to test us that's already been covered for by Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Sickness is not a test. It's an attack from the enemy. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Do not let the devil devour your faith. Do not let the devil devour your faith because that's what he's going to try to do. Oh, you know, God's, um, sorry, did I say it wrong? Vigilant? Thanks, Steph. You know, I'm bad at pronunciation. 
but I appreciate the grammar correction. <laughs> He's walking about like a roaring lion, making a lot of noise, trying to devour your faith. You know, you know, some, you might have a situation like, oh, you know, um, there's conflict in my family or, you know, my kid isn't serving the Lord or, you know, we're fighting all the time. That's not, that's not God. That's the enemy trying to destroy your family. Recognize that. Recognize who is your adversary. The Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the, of the brethren. There is a devil out there. Don't confuse a test with a storm. A storm, a test is sent to refine and build your faith. A storm is sent to destroy you. Turn to Micah chapter 7. Micah chapter 7 verse 7. But as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God my Savior. My God will hear me. Do not gloat over me, my enemies. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. <laughs> Though I have fallen, I will rise. There are things, like I said in the beginning of the broadcast, there are difficult things that people go through. We're not making light of that or saying like, oh, you know, you're a Christian, you shouldn't go through anything. No, that's not what we're saying at all. We understand what we're facing in this life. But you have to realize that, that, that there comes a point where you have to know, I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. 1 John 5, 4 says, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve the victory through our faith. We achieve the victory through our faith. Now that you're going to find two kinds of, of ministers or two kinds of Christians, really. One tells you, oh, you know, don't worry. God's a comfort in the storm. And that sounds nice, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds nice. <laughs> Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy with my song. I will praise him. The Lord is my strength and my shield. What does a shield do? It protects you. You know, that, that's the, it's, always, it's always the easy answer. Well, you know, God, God's going to comfort you, you know, and that's it. Really? Because when I read the scripture, all I see is that God is my strength. He's my shield. He surrounds me with his favor like a shield. He's my ever-present help in the time of trouble. Do you know what help is? You know, I told this story last week, and I'm sure you laughed at me because it was funny. When there was two wasps that went into my house, and I was trapped on the balcony, and it was, and my husband was inside, and I was like, I need help, please. You know what help is? I'm going to tell you what help is not. If he would have walked away, sat down, and said, you know what? I'm here for you. Um, you know, you, you need to toughen up. You know, this is going to make you stronger. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here, but, you know, you could, you could deal with this on your own. No, that's not helping me. 
That's not helping me at all. Helping me is taking care of the situation. Helping me is, is, is basically coming in and being my protector. And that's what God is. God is, is an, our ever-present help in time of trouble. Our, the, our strong fortress that we can run into it and are safe. Oh, you know, God's, God's going to comfort you. Jesus, <laughs> what did Jesus say to the disciples? Guys, look, you know what? This is a tough storm. You know, weather it out. I don't know what's going to happen. You might go overboard. Some of you might drown, but you know, don't worry. I'm here. No, he stood up and he rebuked that storm because he knew that the disciples, they had no faith. They couldn't handle it. They had no idea what was going on. But Jesus stood up and he rebuked that storm. And you have to understand that when you're faced um, um, with a situation, you have to know, okay, this is the kind of thing that I can overcome. Psalm 23, 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of, your life, of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the opposite. Then people who say, well, you know, life, uh, life's going to be really hard, so just try your best, and then someday, you know, you're going to, you know, we'll make it to heaven, and then it'll be okay. Life is not going from storm to storm. Life is going from victory to victory, from glory to glory, and from strength to strength. That's what this life is. You know, we're not, we're not uh, um, stuck facing things that we have no recourse. And that's how people live. That's how Christians live. Just because you're a Christian, it doesn't mean there's not going to be a problem. But you have to know how to stand on the promises of God to overcome that situation. People go through hard things. What kind of response are you going to have? What kind of response are you going to have? Proverbs 4.18 says, The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn shining brighter and brighter until midday. That's the path you're on. That's the path I'm on. We're on a, a, a righteous path shining brighter and brighter. Hi, Lisa. I saw that comment um, a little bit earlier. Patrick, you nailed it. You're right. I don't like that song. Because what it's basically saying is, well, I'm in the midst of this terrible time, but I praise God anyways. Yeah, we should always praise God. We should always praise God. But, <laughs> but we also have to understand we're a victor. We're a victor. We're an overcomer. You know, we, we overcome. What does the Bible say? Through the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Not like, well, you're probably going to get pretty beaten down by this. I don't know what's going to happen, but well, we'll see. Good luck to you. That, I, I, I legitimately think that that's how some Christians look at things. I really do think that. That they just, they just you know, think, well... You know, it's up for grabs. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I might make it. I might, I don't know if I'm going to make it. How many times have you said that? I don't know if, I, if I'm going to make it. What does the scripture say? It says in Psalm 91 that with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. That doesn't sound to me like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. The entire scripture is about God as a deliverer, as a protector, as a helper. That's the whole thing in the entire scripture. Second Thess, Thess, uh, oh man. 
I always struggle with that one. Second Thessalonians 3 verse 3 says, But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, And God is able to make all grace come in abundance to you, so that you may always have complete sufficiency in everything. Well, you're on. Hey, listen. I, I can't help you. I know I'm God and everything, but hey, listen. You got to deal with this on your own. You know, think about the story of Joseph. What happened to Joseph? You know, he went through some difficult things. Then what happened? Everything that he, that the God-given dream that he gave him came to pass. And by the way, every step of the way, he kept being promoted. He was treated very badly and treated very unfairly. And yet still, he was always promoted. He always uh, um, wanted, he always ended up in a place of high honor. And then just like the God-given dream that he was given as, as a boy, look at what happened to him. And what, what is that famous scripture that what the enemy meant for evil, God turns it around for good. God is our comforter, yes. But he's our rescuer. He's our deliverer. Psalm 119, verse 10. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. There is a, a path to follow. Because let's face it, there's a lot of times we think, oh, you know, the devil's doing this to me. But a lot of times it's just kind of a bad decision that you made. Could be a sin issue. Could be something. And then you think, well, you know, I wonder how, you know, God's using this to teach me. Now you probably just made a bad decision. You recognize, recognize. <laughs> well, you know, that's why I love Psalm, Psalm 119. I know that's Steph's favorite psalm. It's super long. Like really long. But man, it's a great psalm. If I was to like say, um, you know, what's a great psalm to study? Psalm 119 is, is, is really incredible. Um, and it just talks about um, different... <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm going to do a whole broadcast on it. But you know, there's a lot of it talks about how following the ways of the Lord, following his, his decrees, not wandering from the path. Why? Because you stay on that path, just like that Psalm says, and sorry, that proverb that says the, the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter. Don't, don't, you know, again, a lot of people are going to tell you, don't worry, you know, God's, God's comforting you and he's, He's gonna, you know, he's gonna help you. And then they, they what, help you in what? How is he gonna help you? Isaiah 41, 13. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. And even in times of persecution, what happened to Daniel? 
He refused to, to stop praying. Thrown in the lion's den, there wasn't, wasn't a scratch on him. The Lord even delivered him from that. And, and that was a testing of his faith to see, hey, does this guy really trust in me? Does he really believe in me? And Daniel passed that test with flying colors. So you have to realize and understand, okay, I, uh, uh, there's a difference between a storm and a test of my faith. And too many times Christians think it's just all one big thing and life's one big difficulty but understand the promises of god understand what god's word says the whole i mean read the entire okay i was gonna say read the entire old testament read the entire bible god is always delivering his people he's always rescuing his people he's always covering his people taking care of them making sure that they're okay and we're faced with a difficult situation. It's like, well, you know, it's just something we go through. What does the scripture say? What does the scripture say? Well, you know, um, you know, I haven't worked in like three years and like I have no money, but you know, God is still good. <laughs> People say all that stuff. It's just an excuse. It's just an excuse because they don't understand that they're an overcomer. They don't understand that in the face of defeat, they can have victory over those things that are meant to destroy them. The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus comes so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So when you're... <laughs> You're right, Sheba. You're right. I, I think a lot of times people people like to be victims. They just like to, to say, well, you know, life's been really hard on me. You know, life's been really tough and, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time. You know, I think, I think they just enjoy, um, they just enjoy this victim's mentality. They just, you know, everything bad happens to me. And I used to speak that way. I used to be that way. Everything. And, and to be honest, it was my bad decisions that brought me to that place. It wasn't God's fault. It wasn't even the devil's fault. It was just me making lousy decisions. I was like, everything's against me. Uh, you know, I never get anything that goes right. Uh, you know, eh, no, nothing's ever good. You know, that, who, I'm a child of God. Children of God don't speak that way. They, you say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for providing for me. Thank you, Lord, for being my protector. Thank you that I know that I am the head and not the tail, that I am above and not beneath. Thank you that I am blessed, blessed in the city, blessed in my coming out, blessed in my coming in. That's how you speak. You're an overcomer. And I understand things happen. I'm not saying they don't. Where th that great quote, it's normal in life to be challenged. It's unscriptural to be defeated. What do you do in a storm? You don't say, oh, thank you, Lord, for, for, for teaching me a lesson. You know, um, uh, you know, I needed to be humbled. You know, this sickness, this sickness is really, um, you know, it's really allowing me to, you know, see God and become closer to God. Bull! Sickness is not from God. That's not a test of your faith. That's an attack of the enemy to destroy you. And then it has a trickle-down effect. It affects everything. It drains your money because you have to pay for medications and, and you have to be in the hospital. It, it, it's like, imagine this. 
you know, you, you get faced with a sickness and it, it stops you from doing things. It stops you from s- serving the Lord. Uh, you end up uh, uh, wasting time. You can't work. You have to be in the hospital. You're weak. You're in a weakened state. Everybody around you is like, uh, um, you know, they're worried about you. They're stressed. That's not from God. That's right, Steph. You look in the face of that storm or the face of that giant. You say, you uncircumcised Philistine. Who is this? Who is this? You're not allowed to have entrance into my life. You see that storm and you say, go back to the pit of hell where you came from. You don't, you, you're not allowed here. You're not allowed in this territory. You know, when, when, the, when the Psalm says that no, no uh, disaster comes near your dwelling, you say, hey, this dwelling is protected. You're not allowed here. Like the blood on the door. The, the angel of death wasn't allowed to pass over them. Or well, wait, the devil wasn't allowed to come in. He passed over. So you, you need to recognize things. Persecution, persecution was, is promised to us. You're not going to pray. Listen, you're not going to be like, Lord, please let me not face any persecution. Jesus promised that you would. He promised that you would. But please never allow the words to come out of your mouth. Oh, you know, I'm being, being tested. You know, I'm, I'm facing the, um, this, this sin issue, you know, but it's, it's bringing me closer to God. Oh, really? Because sin is designed to separate you from God. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm being tempted in this situation. What, what did we just learn in the book of James? That's not God tempting you. He doesn't, he doesn't use temptation to try and bring something good out of you. Temptation is designed to lead you down a path. What does it say in James? That, that, that sin, it gives birth to death. That's what it does. So I, I want you to, to just remember the very important things out of the scripture that God is teaching you. Uh, that's true. That's true, John. And, and, yeah, and that's, that's why you count it all joy when you face persecution. That's why you count it all joy. Sorry, I, man, I'm, I'm off on a lot of tangents today. Um, but, 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 <laughs> um, well, Sheba, that's, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, basically, Sheba, can you, can you tell me the, um, the scripture reference, it's Luke. Um, oh, here it is. Where are we? Okay, well, there's one in Luke 11 talking about um, lead us not into temptation. Um, I know the answer to that. Well, yeah, that's true. It's not, it's not that God um, ever leads into temptation. God doesn't cause you to be tempted it's it's basically um to okay let's put it this way let's say okay Sheba I'm going to use you as an example because you 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 asked the question so let's say there's a temptation your prayer is Lord let me not yield to this temptation let me not empower me so that I do not give in to this temptation empower me with with your grace so that i do not fall prey to this temptation that's coming that's basically what it's saying i hope that answers your question that's a good that's a good um 
I know Pastor Jess is doing a study on, on the Lord's Prayer, so she'll probably get to that. Um, but that's that's a good question and a good a good subject matter to talk about. Because it's yeah, it's basically like you're praying to God, you know, Lord, let me let us not um let us not succumb or yield to this temptation, basically. Um so to sum up, because I'm already boy, time flies. And I really I didn't want to go too late today. I know it's a holiday and maybe some of you guys are um yeah, Lee, yeah, you're right, Jill. Because it, it could it could cause a bit of confusion for sure. Um, but God's not gonna lead you to sin. It's in, it, he can't, it's not in his nature. It's not in the nature of God to ever lead somebody to sin. Um, you know, the devil sin sin is again, it's a design to it's designed to lead us away from the Lord. Um holiday for people who work are you saying that not everybody works stuff or well maybe the people <laughs> the people who don't want to do like the jobs that are hiring right you know you can make like 20 bucks at mcdonald's not that i would recommend working at mcdonald's i feel like you'd smell like mcdonald's permanently it would like seep into your skin and no matter how many showers you took you would still end up smelling like McDonald's. And that's why I could never work there. Although I did interview at McDonald's when I was a teenager. You know what? They didn't take me. <laughs> they did not take me. I didn't get the job. Very sad. Um, I can't remember the reason. I think it's because I couldn't speak French well enough. I think that was the reason. I forget. Do they pay tuition? Great. So, uh... <sighs> I, I would work there, Sheba. I would. Actually, just on Saturday, I was like, <laughs> I was out, um, there was like some a llama in a, in a pen on this farm, and I'm just like sitting, like staring at it, and it's good times, good times. Um, so I, 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 my prayer is through tonight that you would understand, listen, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. It did smell Sheba. It did smell. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. You are more than a conqueror. In a situation that you're facing, say, Lord, I am more than a conqueror. I will not be defeated by this. I will not give up and quit. I will not allow the devil to destroy me. I will not allow him to have my family. These are the kind of things that you need to pray. You won't allow him to have your children. You won't allow him to have your grandchildren. No, this our house is a house of prayer. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. You start speaking out the scriptures in the face of every single circumstance. And by the way, you speak it before. Don't be on the defensive, be on the offensive. Saying, I'm already going to set up my life so that the devil has no access to me and no access to my family. You don't speak out things, well, you know, sometimes, sometimes these bad things happen and, you know, we just have to like, just, you know, just try and figure it out. And then when we get to heaven, you know, we'll be okay. Don't give the devil access before he's even come. That's what so many people do. Well, you know, um, Lord, you know, uh, uh, um. Whatever happens, good or bad, you know, you're still Lord. You know, through the storm, you're still Lord. Uh, is that how Jesus addressed the storm? No, he did not. He said, ye of little faith. So what happens in a storm? And we, and you know, again, that song, that song that annoys me. You know, listen, we, we praise God all the time. 
But you have to understand that God has equipped you to be an overcomer. And so if you are faced with a storm and you realize, hey, this is not what God has intended for me. This is not God's will for my life. You speak to that thing and you command it just the way that, that, that Jesus said that you could speak to that mountain and see it cast into the sea. A mountain is, a, is an immovable object. It's, a, it's an impossible situation that you speak to and you say, I, I know my God. That's right. We have in our covenant, we have dominion over those things. And you keep saying those things. You keep saying those things out of your mouth. Because if life and death are in the power of the tongue, then you have the ability to speak life into your situation and to speak life into your family situation and in all the people around you. You know, people come to you, I'm really going through this hard time. And what do you say? Oh, it's okay. I'm here for you. What does that do? You're not helping them. How is that helping them? Oh, hey, um, you know, like, don't worry, Jesus is Lord. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm like not gonna make it, but thanks for letting me know that. <laughs> People are, are struggling. They're going through hard things. Through the anointing, we're a help to people. Not that we sit down and we put our arm around them. We say, they're there. It's going to be okay. You know, you show them from the word. This is how you overcome. This is how you take authority over that situation. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, I, I feel like it's just a reflex. Oh, it's going to be okay. You just say that stuff. You don't even know. You don't even know how to deal with it. You know, there, there was a lady the other, the other week and she, she, she's going through something. She, you know what she did? She came right up to me and said, pray for me. Can you pray for me right now? She understood. She's not, she didn't sit there and talk my ear off about all the problems in her life. No, she said, let's pray for this thing and defeat it. She understood. That's how you address things. That's how you do it. That's right. Our foundation is secure. Our home is secure. Just, just like uh, when Jesus said that when the wind comes against the house, because the, 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 if you're built on a rock, it shall not move. You know, a few weeks ago, there was like a wicked storm on. It was a Sunday afternoon. Um, my parents were over at my house and, and it's like all of a sudden, it just starts to it like rain. And it was so windy. And like, there's a, I have a tree in my front yard. The tree was like literally like this. It was crazy. And I'm just like, it's raining like the, 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 the water in the street. Um, you know, it's like, it was crazy. It was nuts. Crazy storm. It was like three weeks ago or something like that. Two weeks ago. I don't remember. You know what? It eventually passed. And my house was good, good, good to go. Didn't even lose power. I think it, it, flick, it flickered on and off for like a second. And then it came back on. And you know, it's like, it, it, it's, it, was, <laughs> it was a sea of, of Galilee storm. I'm telling you, Sheba, those tumbleweeds were something else. And my house is still standing because it's built solid on a solid foundation. And that's what happens to us. It doesn't mean that nothing's ever going to come. You know, you know, it's not like, oh, come to Jesus and you'll never have a problem again. That's false. That's false. Come to Jesus. 
and he'll let you know, hey, you are now an overcomer. You have dominion. You can take authority over this thing. You can tell that mountain, be thou cast into the sea and it will obey your command. Christians, a lot of Christians don't like that kind of stuff because it requires a responsibility on their part to take their God-given authority as a believer and they don't like to do it. They would rather just be that God's that comforter and he's, uh, you know, he's going to put, he'll put his arm around you and he'll, he'll pat you on the back and everything's going to be okay. That's not how Jesus spoke. That's not how Jesus spoke. He said, ask and whatever seems to be impossible, have faith and it shall be done for you. Let's pray. If there's somebody here, first, I'm going to pray two prayers. Um, the first prayer, I, you know, I can't guarantee that everybody who's listening tonight is in Christ because all of this that I'm saying, like I read in Psalm 119, it's predicated on you following the commands of the Lord, being obedient to him, following his statutes. It's predicated upon those things. So if you're not in covenant with God, then, then you're, you really are on your own. So I want you to make a decision tonight and say, you know what? I, I don't, I, I don't want to keep living this life down this track that I'm going. I want to come into covenant with God. And the way that you do that, the Bible says, is you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. So pray, if you've never prayed that prayer or you once have and you've since fallen away, repeat this after me, pray this out loud. Say, Father, I thank you for sending Jesus. I confess my sins and I confess that Jesus is Lord. So I make a decision today to follow Jesus all the days of my life. I believe in my heart that he rose from the dead for my sins. So forgive me of my sins, Lord. I am now saved in Jesus name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, message this account. Or if you're listening later, message my account and let me know. Um, and you know, because your life changes for the better when you come to Christ, you know, it's like I said the other day, you know, people always like to say, well, you know, there's that scripture, it rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. Yep. And the righteous have an umbrella and that's the difference. It doesn't mean there's no storm. We've been through every, the same thing that everybody's been through over the past two and a half years. We've all been through it, but guess what? We're all still standing. We're not broke. We're not, uh, uh, we didn't starve to death. We didn't lose everything. No, because what does it say in Proverbs? The path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter. And the second prayer I want to pray, you know, I, I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know this. I want you to know that, th- like, like I said, that, that the Bible says that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We're not, we're not doing this life just, just, you know, uh, facing all of these, these difficulties. And it's like, we don't know what to do and we have no recourse. And it's like, well, whatever happens, happens. Maybe I'll make it. Maybe I won't, you know, like, uh, you put, maybe the disciples were thinking that, well, guys, I don't know. We might drown right here. It could be all over. No, that's not how you approach life. You approach life from a position of understanding the word of God. So I'm going to pray, whatever it is you're facing, this is what I want you to do. If it's, like I said, 
God does not test you with things that are covered in the atonement. So if there's an issue of sickness, if there's an issue of, of a sin issue that you can't seem to overcome, uh, if there's something in your mind that, that you're struggling with, a depression, uh, something like that, um, if you're struggling in your finances, because remember, God, Jesus, what, what was a prophecy about Jesus in the book of Isaiah? That he came to give the gospel to the poor. That he came to set the captives free. If you're curious, well, how do I know? Um, how do I know what's covered in the atonement? Read about Jesus. Read about all the things that he did. Read about the things that he came to take away. And even if you're facing, you know, um, a struggle for your faith, that maybe your family, um, you know, is, is uh, uh, rejecting you or you're, you're estranged from your friends or whatever it is, because that, that, that is a testing of your faith. And God will strengthen you to get through that. But those other things, they're not meant for you to carry. They're not meant for you to carry on your shoulders. So whatever it is, say it out loud. Like I said, a sickness, something with your finances, uh, um, something in your mind. Say it out loud and we're going to pray and believe to overcome, to take authority over that thing and to see it defeated in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for every single person that's listening tonight and who's going to be listening later, that whatever it is, their, their issue of concern, if it's a sickness, Father, let them remember that all of their sicknesses and all of their diseases, and that includes anything in the mind, that inclu includes a demonic oppression, and that, that includes a, a, a demonic possession as well, that those things were taken care of when Jesus took those stripes on his back. So thank you, Father, that they are healed, that their healing has already been purchased in Jesus' name. Father, I, I pray that if it's an issue of finances, if, an, if it's an issue of employment, that, that, that they're, they're struggling to feed their families. What does your word say? That though that the righteous shall never be forsaken, they shall never uh, beg for bread. That you said, do not worry. That even if I clothe the sparrows, don't you think that I will provide everything you need? So if it's an area of provision that they're lacking in, Father, I pray that you would give them the understanding that you are their provider and you are their pr protector in Jesus name. I pray these things. I pray these things as an overcomer. And I thank you that everyone listening is an overcomer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.